What's good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. This is the Off Day Debrief. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, and with me once again from Bleeding Green Nation, Brandon Lee Gouton. What is up, BLG? Stats, I'm here with you once again. I am not uh, being vague about my future. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be here on the SB Nation NFL Show <laughs> this season, and that's where I'll be. Yeah, you had a short holdout. It was a one-week holdout a couple weeks ago, and now you're back and everything's good. We have resolved that issue quickly, and I'm grateful to you for that. Uh, Not the case with everyone, though, stats, especially in the NFL, which is why I brought this up and is something to do with today's topic. Yes, we are going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his future. He was part of the match yesterday with Tom Brady. And of course, he was asked about his future. He kind of sidestepped that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to a look at some veteran guys that could be cut and possibly where they could land if they are of value to other teams. And then we're going to finish up the show. It's just something fun, a little topic that we talked about last week, things that are overrated because we talked about the most overrated players. And I know you had a couple extras that you wanted to get to there as well. Before we start, I remind everybody, please follow the SB Nation NFL show Take an extra second, leave us a rating and a review. It really does matter. Before we started recording, I was asking you, Brandon, about Wawa, because you're wearing a Wawa mm. hat right now. Yes. And I have been watching Mayor of Easttown, and they talk about Wawa all the time in that show, and you were singing their praises. Basically, now I wish Connecticut had Wawa, because it sounds like an awesome place. Stats, I love Wawa. By the way, this is not sponsored content. I wish it was. Like, I wish more than anything Wawa <laughs> would sponsor me or BGN Radio, the SB Nation NFL show. Wawa, if you're out there, if you're listening, please, like, talk to us. We'll get something going. I would love. I mean, I guess you don't need to, though, because I'm going to sing your praises anyway, but please do, because I, I, I don't know. I would take free coupons, anything, any kind of free <laughs> Wawa. I went to Wawa this morning, Stats. I got a coupon for a $1 iced coffee, any size. So I got a large one. I uh, needed some extra energy today. So I got that. It's great. I love Wawa. Everyone should go. If you're visiting the Philadelphia area, or actually there's some now in Florida too, or there have been for a while, you have to go to Wawa. If you're near one, it's just, you just you have to go. Just trust me. Everyone's like, isn't it just 7-Eleven? No, it's better. You got to go. It sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm a little jealous. And, uh, you know, well, come on, Wawa. Get going here. Throw us a little money your way. We'll happily uh, sing your praises. Okay, let's get into this Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, I'm like at the the end of my rope with this. Like, I'm really frustrated by it. But if you haven't heard, he was asked during the match yesterday, which is the charity golf thing that he was doing with Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, He was asked about his future. Here's what Aaron Rodgers said on the show. Packers, Bears, any idea who's going to be there? Anybody who's going to be quarterbacking in the number 12 jersey? Yeah, I don't know, B.A., we'll see. How about, see, won't we? how about September 12th, then? How, will you go for that one? What's that one? <laughs> that would be the, the opener against the Saints. Oh. All cheesers rejoice. Yeah, I don't know, B.A., we'll see. Okay. I know you're a Milwaukee guy. I know. Aaron, everybody is on their toes. They want to know, man. They want to know. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm just having a good time out here with Tom. I'm trying to talk to him about it. If he's going to keep playing or not, you know? Hey, hey, Aaron, we go way back. You can just tell me. I'll keep it a secret. (laughs) Hey, I promise I will not put it anywhere. Charles, I'll tell you this week in Tahoe. (sighs) A couple of things, BLG. Like him pretending to not know the dates is just like, (laughs) he's just, he's insufferable. Like him saying, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, Aaron, who knows? Right? Like, who does know at this point? Of course he knows. He has to know one way or another, doesn't he? I love how personally you've, you've like started to take this, which maybe is good for the Packers fans listening. Shout out to everyone from Acme Packing Company. I'm actually on that site right now reading uh, Justice Mosqueda's breakdown of the very uh, transcript that you just shared there, stats, or the audio clip, I should say. He has the transcript up there. And, uh, the, you know, the end line where he talks about how you know he's going to tell Charles Barkley in Tahoe. I mean, like, what's there to tell if he's coming back? Like, if he's coming back, Aaron Rodgers would just say that on the air. If this was all just BS, if this was all fluff, if this was going nowhere, 
and like Aaron Rodgers was going to be back. I just, I don't think he'd be saying these things. That's like, to me, this is just like, he doesn't want to tell people like that. He definitely doesn't want to be there because then that's more like villainizing and it's just out in the open. It's kind of like, it's, it's kind of a relatable thing that sometimes in real life, maybe let's say like you went on a couple of dates with someone and like they're nice so you don't really want to be like well we're not seeing each other anymore like you don't want to like cut it off hard because you're you're a nice person presumably too so you're trying to like let them down easy by being like vague or being like oh i'm actually busy i can't hang out um so i feel like that's what aaron Rodgers is trying to do with the packers but uh it's just like i just can't see how he's back i cannot see why he's going through all this and he's going to be back i just can't envision it but let me put you on the flip side of that analogy right let's say you were seeing somebody and you went on a couple of dates and you thought it was cool. And then you texted them and called them and said, Hey, do you want to get together again? And they were like, well, I have plans. I don't know. Wouldn't you prefer? They just said, look, you're a nice guy, sure. but it's just not happening. A hundred percent. Yeah. But like, I just don't think that's going to happen. And obviously it's not a perfect metaphor or whatever. There's different dynamics at play here. Um, the Packers really want him, of course, but I just think he's done, man. And I think, uh, Aaron Rodgers hanging out with Tom Brady like this is like I was thinking about this when I you know as we've been seeing them hang out more and more with the match and everything and like that's crystallized for me in the like the sense that and this has been brought up before it's not like breaking ground here new ground but that Aaron Rodgers is hanging out with Tom Brady who similarly kind of felt like a certain way about the organization that he had been with for a long time and then left and kind of got everything he wanted in a new place that really catered to him because they really wanted him really bad. And then they won a Super Bowl. I think Aaron Rodgers, like that's not lost on Aaron Rodgers. I think he saw that. And I think that's even more of like an impetus of him to one out and be like, look, I don't need this team that I've been with for forever. Like they're not the reason I'm successful. I can go wherever I want. I mean, ideally, or at least in his mind. And uh, yeah, I just, I think this is the point. I mean, I think there's already been a point of no return. This isn't new, but this is really like, making it uh, clear in my mind that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing for the Packers this season. But if so, if he's not coming back to the Packers, like assuming the Packers hold firm and they say, we're not trading you. Like what, why is he worried about being a villain? If he's not going to play anymore, what difference does it make? You're done. Your career is over. You're, you're out of the spotlight now. So like, I don't understand why he would be concerned about that. I just don't think that's who he is. Like Aaron Rodgers is not like this straightforward guy. Stats, he's California cool. You know, he likes to play things coy. Like that's just who he is. This is who he is. This is exactly his personality. He's not acting out of character, I would say. Um, it's annoying, I'm sure, for Packers fans and, and torturous and everything. But I just think this is who he is. And I again, if it was as simple as he's coming back, like he could just say that by now. And the fact that he hasn't, and he's again, he's like going to wait to tell Charles Barkley like what the decision is like what do you mean like how is there a decision if there's a decision it means that he's not coming back almost like lebron james i feel like if you're doing a national tv show you're not doing it to say i'm going back to cleveland you're saying i'm doing it to go to miami like that there's going to be a decision tells me that again aaron Rodgers is not going to be back and i don't know where he's going to be i'm i guess i'm thinking denver but uh yeah i just i just don't see this i don't see how he's coming back after all this I think that he still wants to play football. I think he doesn't want to play for the Packers anymore. Mm -hmm. But he also knows that if the Packers aren't going to trade him, there's nothing he can do. So I think he is going to come back. He is going to play for the Packers. Mm -hmm. They are not going to trade him. And he's going to come back and he's going to do the same thing he always does whenever he starts one of these stupid controversies. He's going to say, I never demanded to be traded. And the media, don't listen to the media. They made way too much of it. They blew it out of proportion. And you guys are dumb for thinking that everything is fine and we're just going to go. He's going to try and act like this was not a big deal and that we were all idiots. Because uh, it's the same thing he always does when he starts one of these storms. And I'm just tired of it. I don't think I don't think that's that the case this time. Like, I, I just don't see how that's going to happen. I feel like the Packers have to trade him at this point. I know they don't want to. I know it seems crazy to do it, but I feel like they have no other choice. I feel like he doesn't want to play for them. And I don't know how that's going to manifest in terms of him not showing up or something. But this this seems more serious to me than like, you know, kind of what we heard about Russell Wilson earlier this offseason. And, you know, and you at that point had thought he was done with the Seahawks. And I I, I was kind of there with you. Um, but obviously that changed. But this dynamic isn't changing to me. Like, this is more of the same. This is pretty clear to me that he does not want to be there. He does not want to play for the Packers anymore. 
And I don't know how many different ways I can say it's that's like, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing how this is going to happen. I, I just, I think it's done. I think I really think it's done. I don't think he can get what he wants and find his way out of town unless he becomes the villain. And it's the same reason why I think Russell Wilson is still with Seattle, quite honestly. He, like Rodgers, did not want to be seen as the bad guy. That's why he had the agent put out the list of teams that he would play for because that gave him, in his mind, enough cover to come back and do exactly what he what he did, which is what? He went to Pete Carroll. You know, he he barged in on Pete Carroll's press conference, gave him a hug, said, we're good, everything's good. I never requested to be traded, and now he's trying to convince us it's all kumbaya in Seattle, which he very likely could get traded next year. A lot of people mm-hmm. think he, this is going to be his last year there. And I could see the Aaron Rodgers situation playing out very, very similarly. Um, if I'm Denver, I'm sure as hell calling Brian Gutekunst every single day and, and making proposals, that's for damn sure. Because this has ripple effects for the Packers, too. Devontae Adams is a free agent after mm. this season. And he's said that the Aaron Rodgers situation is going to be a factor in where he resigns. And let's face it, BLG, if you're Devontae Adams, you're really freaking good. If Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay, what reason is there for you to go back to them? They, they, you don't know what kind of team they're going to have. They, they could be, you know, picking at the top of the draft, basically. You can go anywhere that you want in the league, pretty much. Everybody's going to want you. Like, why would you sign a contract with Green Bay not knowing what's up with Aaron Rodgers? So that's kind of the interesting angle of this. It's like, what should the Packers do? And, like, is it the right move to kind of just, like, all right, look, Aaron Rodgers is not coming back, barring barring some kind of drastic change, like with the GM getting fired or something like crazy like that. I will add that caveat. I don't think he's back unless something like unless he gets literally everything he wants, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think they're going to bend the knee to him to that extent. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the Packers kind of just have to bite the bullet at this point. I think Aaron Rodgers is trying to force them to do that. And I think they might just have to give in. And we, it's like it's not always the case where I think the player dictating the terms is a bad thing. I mean, like in a perfect world, you don't want that. You want the team dictating it. But, I mean, sometimes you have to be honest about the situation you're in and say, okay, like this is the reality. I know this isn't ideal, but this is the, these are the terms we're dealing with. We, we have to find a way to make the most out of this situation instead of – burying our heads in the sand and acting like it's not going to happen. He's going to play for us. Like at a certain point, there's going to be a, a really good offer on the table for Aaron Rodgers. They might, they might need to just take that and decide, Hey, we're pivoting and we're going into, I know teams don't like this word, but like a rebuild or a retooling or whatever, and kind of build up the next great era of Packers football, because there's a danger in holding on too long. Not the case of the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers will age fine, but like, let's just take the giants for example, who hung on to Eli Manning for way too long. And again, I'm not comparing Aaron Rodgers and Eli Manning. Eli Manning, obviously much worse. But like sometimes you need to reset. You can't just keep hanging on and hanging on. And Or you can, and you can try to go all in, but there's a cost to that. And even a more more relevant example of that would be like the Saints. They went all in on Drew Brees. They hung on and hung on. And for them, that was worth it. But now they're in a situation where Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill were the starting quarterbacks. Maybe (laughs) in a different world, they kind of, pivoted earlier and they could have had a more uh more graceful transition now again now the the downside is that maybe they would have moved on from drew Brees too soon but what i'm trying to say is in this long-winded spiel here is that like i just think sometimes you have to bite the bullet and i think that's where the packers are let's be honest if rogers really isn't going to play for them they have two options they could trade him or they could not trade him and prevent aaron Rodgers for playing for anybody else but then he still isn't your quarterback, and you got nothing for him. You That asset did nothing for you. Either way, you're going to have to rebuild if you're the Packers. So why not trade Aaron Rodgers? Like you said, I mean, I got to imagine multiple first-round picks are going to be part of that deal. At least two, probably more. I mean, so you're going to have a head start on your, your rebuild. Potentially, you have your quarterback of the future. I mean, you took Jordan Love in the first round, so you obviously think he's pretty good. But even if you don't, you're going to have the extra first round picks to to be stubborn about this and just put your foot down and do nothing is the worst thing I think the Packers can do because you're just making it harder for yourself and you're essentially denying reality. What is the best case scenario stats 
if Aaron Rodgers returns to the Packers? Like, what what are they realistically thinking is going to happen if they bring him back or try to bring him back? Like, they're they're going to win the Super Bowl this year with this quarterback who like doesn't want to be there and clearly like isn't all in on this team and it's supposed to be like the leader of the team. Like, is that really the situation that's going to happen? Like, Aaron Rodgers is going to be grumpy all year, but like they're going to win anyway, and it's going to be like a harmonious environment. Like, that doesn't seem realistic to me. It's a fair question because even if everything with Rodgers was totally copacetic, the Packers have made the NFC Championship game two years in a row. They've gone 26-6 and six over that time. What are the odds they make three straight NFC Championship games? Like teams do not usually do that. To do that alone would be, you know, kind of overcoming history basically when everything was great. So now to think that if you've got a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers who's, you know, Maybe not staying the extra hour after practice. Word is he hasn't gathered his receivers at all in the offseason to throw to them. You know, I kind of agree with you. That's a legitimate question. Like, what is the best case scenario? It's probably, I mean, I guess it's the Super Bowl, but realistically, yeah, like it's probably a playoff loss at some point, you know, in the divisional round, maybe. It's hard to envision, right? It's hard to envision how the scenario has somehow gotten better with with all this that's happened. Like, how is this going to improve? Like, what is like this is? I, I just don't know. I don't know how that dynamic is going to be any better. And then again, you're just getting him for probably one more year, really, because maybe he retires after this seat. Like, I don't, or he really is forcing his way out at, after this. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I think I just, I don't think he's going to be playing. I don't think he plays a single snap for the Green Bay Packers this year. And I think he's at the point, too, and I think this is going to happen to a lot of players where you stay away. You know, Rodgers has clearly made his money. He's not hurting for money. He could have an analyst job in a second if he ever wanted one. Maybe he's got the Jeopardy thing. I think he's like, you know what? I feel pretty good. I'm rich. I'm engaged. I have a beautiful fiance. Like, what do I need to go back to maybe get one more Super Bowl with the Packers? Like, yeah, that'd be nice, but like, why don't I just take my money and go live the rest of my life and not have people scrutinizing my every move and dissecting everything I say? I feel like there comes a point where the temptation of that is greater than your desire to get back on the field. And if Rogers can't have the working environment that he really, really wants, what's the point for him? Maybe he just says, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. I think that's what it might reach. I think that's like Aaron Rodgers is smart. You know, for as much as we might not or you might not like Aaron Rodgers stats, like I think everything we're saying, like this is his thought process. Like he, this is he knows all this. He's not like ignorant to this. Like he he knows the dynamic. He knows the Packers need him more than he needs them. And that's called leverage. And he has leverage on them. Um, I, th- I, th- I think he can easily walk away if he really wants to. Now, we should note here that he's not going to opt out. That was never really, I think anyone like really seriously thought that was going to happen. No one in the NFL is actually opting out this year. The opt-out deadline came and passed. You know, it was there in case anyone was high risk or they did or whatever, um, which is, I guess, good that the option is viable for anyone who needed it. But no one decided to take it, including Aaron Rodgers, which, again, never really thought was realistic, but like it was presented. I guess, I think Florio or Peter King like threw that idea out there or whoever that yep. he, like, he might do that, but he, he didn't. So he's clearly... Uh, potentially playing this season, but again, not for the Packers. And I, I really wonder when this comes to like, like when is this, when does it like, what is, when are we going to see some kind of finality on this stats, right? Cause training camp begins later th- this month and a couple weeks from now, like is Rogers not going to show up to training camp. I, if I were him, maybe he just wants to use this as an excuse not to show up to training camp. Uh, you know, clearly he knows the system now with the floor. He's been there for multiple years. If I were him, you know, maybe or maybe he shows up like the last week or something. Mm. I, I I don't know if he'll be there at the start of camp. Um, but I mean, it depends which route he goes. If he shows up, then it's over whenever he shows up. But if he doesn't, I don't think you get a real resolution until the trade deadline in October. Right. Because mm. theoretically, up until that point, anything can happen. You know, the, it, let's say like he doesn't show up, right? And Jordan Love is there and he becomes the starter and he starts to play pretty well and the Packers are doing pretty good. Then maybe they're like, you know what? Okay, Aaron, we will trade you. We'll, now we've got a really good quarterback and we could get, you know, two to three extra first round picks. Like, all right, well, you know, what happens on the field maybe changes Green Bay's thinking. So I don't know if we get a resolution until October. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's going to have to happen sooner than that. I think it's going to, like, because if you're Denver right now, like, 
at what point do you just need to like put the god i mean i i would think it's my answer is now like the godfather <laughs> offer should be on the table like what are you yes. doing like you're not doing anything with drew lock or teddy bridgewater like put the godfather offer out there give the packers like virtually whatever they want you know not literally whatever they want but within reason anything they want and and get him and and you know like i I just don't see how the packers are going to be continuing to delude themselves at some point there's going to be have to a point where like they have to move on or like or they have to they have to have a decision at some point like there's a there's a point in time where they need to know if aaron Rodgers is like really going to show up and be their quarterback this season or not and they have to make a decision they can't drag this on forever like i don't think you can just wait until like if he's not showing up on day one of training camp like that's a problem i don't think you can like i don't I don't think how can you possibly i mean I, I can't see him like showing up for like the last week of training camp or whatever like I, I just can't see how you then roll into the season with that guy as your starter like he's i think reps can be overrated in practice i mean it's aaron Rodgers. i don't think he needs to practice but still like i don't know like you're in, you might be installing like tweaks to your scheme not a brand new scheme but like different tweaks and stuff and then just like building that natural chemistry you have with your your playmakers and everything it'd be just very weird if he just showed up like cold and this is like starting week one and also how do you feel if your other packers players and aaron Rodgers is just like showing up whatever he wants to when you've been like grinding away in training camp like physically every day and aaron Rodgers just comes in at the last minute and just like what's up guys uh yeah i'm here to start like I don't think you love that if you're Packers players. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, see these three MVPs I have with me? You can shut up. I'll show up whenever the hell I want. Well, yeah, but, he can do it. <laughs> yeah. But this is – how does this get fixed, right? Because this isn't a compromised situation. This isn't like when you're, you know, talking about where you want to go on vacation with your spouse and she wants to go for two weeks or he wants to go for two weeks and you want to go for one or whatever, like, and you go for 10 days, like, you work it out. That's not one of these situations, right? Like – Aaron has said his piece and what he wants. The Packers have what they want. And clearly Green Bay is not willing to do whatever Aaron Rodgers wants them to do to fix this. So then it's like, how is it going to get fixed? You've already, the coach has already flown out to talk to him. The general manager has already flown out to talk to him. Like what can happen from this point? So I agree with you. Like, I think it's time to move on and move out to quote for a famous (laughs) NFL quote here with Aaron Rodgers. And, and if you're green, uh, Excuse me, if you're Denver, like you said, throw the offer on the table. And if you're Denver, maybe you throw the offer on the table and you say, look, this offer is good for two weeks, three weeks, whatever number of days you want to put on it. And then it's gone. Put a little pressure on Green Bay that way also and and see what happens. But right now, this constant like, I don't know, we'll see. It's driving me nuts. And Aaron Rodgers is sitting there with that eating grin on his face last night on television. He loves this, BLG. He loves us talking about it. He loves that he thinks he's keeping everybody off balance. He is eating this up. I respect it because I feel like I would do something similar. You know, I like to troll people. <laughs> I kind of like to push people's buttons and annoy everyone. So so in that, in that vein, I respect it. Now, obviously, if Aaron Rodgers was playing for the Eagles, would I love it? No, I would not. Of course, it's you know, it's different when you're in the situation, which you have done a good job. I feel like you're putting yourself in Packers fan shoe stats because, like, you're, again, you're taking this very personally. But to your question, I would say, you know, deadlines spur action. Like we hear that all the time. It's a very common uh, quote. I feel like used in the NFL, and I feel like maybe it is Denver. You know, putting that offer out there like this has a you know expiration on it. Maybe it is the first day of training camp or whatever. It's it's some date. There's some date out there. Um, but like on the Denver side, one last thing I want to say from them, assuming they're even interested, which I guess we don't know, but they should be, obviously, is that like you can't fool around here and try to get Aaron Rodgers at like a value. Like, that's not what you need to do. <laughs> like it's not like, you know, if we just wait a little bit more, like maybe we won't we won't have to include that extra second round. But like who cares? Like just get Aaron Rodgers. Like don't the price doesn't matter with again within reason. If you have to give up like four first round three first round picks and von miller and like whatever then okay maybe at a certain point then you're, you're questioning that but i mean within reason i think there's, there's a deal out there that should be struck and it's just going to come down to whatever this deadline that we don't know is but definitely exists out there because again they're yeah. going to have to know at some point there there is some kind of deadline i don't know who's setting it or when it is but it's coming at some point and maybe sooner than later yeah, I agree. If you're Denver, like no one's going to care that you had to throw in an extra fourth round pick or whatever to get the deal done. They're going to care that you got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so we'll see how that situation resolves itself. You mentioned the leverage that Aaron Rodgers has, and he absolutely does have leverage. 
There was a trade request this week from somebody in New England that seemingly has no leverage whatsoever. We're going to talk about that, whether it was a good idea, and possibly some other veterans that could be on the move before week one of the regular season when we come back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the Oddcast. All right, BLG, we've got a weird trade request. Aaron Rodgers hasn't like demanded formally a trade, but we did get a, a trade request coming from sort of a weird place. Patriots wide receiver Nikhil Harry's agent has publicly said that his client wants to be traded, and they've been trying to work out a deal, and so far nothing has happened. Um, I don't know why he thinks that that is putting any pressure whatsoever on the Patriots. Like Harry was drafted in the first round two years ago. He has 45 career catches for 414 yards and four touchdowns in his entire NFL career. Like Bill Belichick hears this news and is the first word out of his mouth. Like who's Nikhil Harry. I love it when players who just like, can't demand a trade demand a trade <laughs> i remember this happened with the uh the sixers stats a player by the name of the for- forkon Corkmas, who's like a, you know has kind of become like a decent role player sometimes he's hot and cold but this is like i think the second year into his career and like he was a late first round pick and like this guy had no clout or playing time or whatever it's like how are you demanding a trade like you're like what what are you talking about like i mean you can put it out there like to vocalize it to the team i guess but like how are they supposed to take you seriously? Like, you have no kind of leverage here. Um, I feel like it's just as likely the Patriots to be like, okay, you want to go somewhere else? We'll just cut you. Like You don't need to demand <laughs> a trade. Um, I want to read a stat here or a uh, context here for you stats since your name is stats. Um, this is from shout out to Noah Becker on Twitter who cited an athletic article that said, quote, there's no great example in the last decade of a wide receiver who was taken in the top 50 being as unproductive as Nikhil Harry in his first two seasons and then ever developing into an above average number one or even number two wide receiver. So again, just based on historical precedent for what Nikhil Harry has been able to do or really not do thus far, like there's no one that should be giving up anything of value for him. You're talking about like a conditional seventh round pick at most. I demand a trade. Okay. Or what? Like, what are you not? You're not going to show up. Well, we couldn't tell when you were here before, anyway. So, what the hell difference does it make? Uh, I like the I like the onions sort of that it shows, right? Like, look, we can demand that Wawa sponsor this show. It doesn't mean that they actually have to come and do it. But good for him, I guess. He's trying to take control of his career. For me, BLG, it points to the fact that the Patriots cannot draft wide receivers. Mm. They are hideous at it go look at their history other than Dion branch who the heck have they drafted that's turned into anything aaron dobson brandon tate taylor price like they cannot chad jackson from back in the day they can't find wide receivers and it's part of the reason that they struggled so much last year they had no weapons whatsoever in new england or even trade for wide receivers as many people remember the uh, patriots traded a second round pick, number 55 overall in the end for Mohamed Sanu, who did nothing for New England and was terrible. And now you have the Patriots out here giving big money to Nelson Aguilar, who made our list of most overrated players in the NFL last week, if I'm not mistaken. I'm already forgetting. Um, 
even though I put them on there. So yeah, <laughs> not the not the best sign. Uh, so maybe in that vein, though, stats there is hope for Nikhil Harry. I personally don't think so. Again, just based on history, but maybe. Just like he's been infected by whatever disease the Patriots have going on there with their <laughs> wide receivers. And uh, maybe he goes somewhere else. Again, like I-, I would not be looking to give anything of value for him. I'd just wait till the Patriots cut him. And then if you want to pick him up at that point and you take a flyer on him, maybe put him on your practice squad, that's one thing. But yeah, I mean, what is anyone giving up of like real value to get Nikhil Harry? I just, I can't see it. I think people like to talk themselves into the idea of potential and upside. And I get that. But with him, I just don't like, I'm not seeing it. By the way, one last note on this. When the Patriots drafted Harry 30, uh, 32nd overall in 2019, you know who was still on the board? Um, 2019, 32 overall. I'm forgetting. DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, and Terry McLaurin were mm. all available for the Patriots to pass, and they passed on all of them for Nikhil Harry who now wants out. Good job. Just good, throwing that out drafting. there. Yeah, but I know Bill Belichick's a really good coach, and he's amazing, and I get it, but he is not the best GM, not by a long shot, and that's a pretty good snapshot right there. Uh, all right, let's move on to the last thing we're going to get to in the show today. ESPN.com had an article about some players that are on the roster bubble that could be cut or traded, and one of the guys that caught your eye in this list is uh, someone very familiar to Eagles fans, and that's Bears quarterback Nick Foles, BLG. He's seemingly the third quarterback on the depth chart, regardless of what order you want to put Andy Dalton or Justin Fields in. Um, I know that there are going to be some people that will always swear by Nick Foles because of what he did in Philly. I don't think Nick Foles is any good. I wouldn't want him on my team for any reason. What do you think ends up happening with him? Yes, the same Nick Foles that I put as the Eagles' most overrated player as a legacy pick when we were doing overrated players on the NFC <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and people really loved that. Um, I had to do the cheap NFC mixtape plug. I know you got it in. 31 minutes in this time. I, I admire your restraint. Requisite. Um, yeah, so I just this is really weird stats. I was looking at the Bears' cap situation before the show here, and I was saying to you, Nick Foles, as the Bears' third-string quarterback, because we know Andy Dalton's QB1, at least for now, and Justin Fields is certainly, at the very worst, a top-two quarterback on the Bears. And then Nick Foles, as the Bears' third-string quarterback, which I think Matt Nagy even basically admitted. like He just outlined that. like There was no ambiguity about it. It's not like Foles is theoretically in the mix for the starting job. They're like, no, he's the third-string guy, <laughs> as he should be. Um, but... Like he has the sixth biggest cap hit on the Bears stats. <laughs> that's, wow! As a third string quarterback, um, that's not great, I would say, and <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me why he's there. I, I actually think it makes some sense for him to be with the Bears in training camp because I'm guessing like Andy Dalton isn't really going to be showing Justin Fields the ins and outs. Andy Dalton is going to be focused on trying to win the starting job and or keep his starting job, whereas Nick Foles kind of more realistically isn't in the mix for that. So his value to the team is going to be kind of help bring Justin Fields up to speed and Nick Foles just knowing him like he has the personality to kind of be that guy. And when Nick Foles was a rookie, he was actually mentored heavily by um, Trent Edwards. Really a throwback there. So like he's <laughs> been in that position before, like where he's been mentored. So he kind of knows what that looks like. So I think there is value in having Nick Foles kind of do that with Justin Fields in training camp. But then when you get to the regular season, though, like you don't need him on your roster anymore. So I feel like we're kind of looking at like a, you know, after the preseason or late preseason kind of trade to Nick Foles. And there are some teams out there stats that could like use an upgrade at backup quarterback. Like I'm looking at the Jets right now and they have James Morgan and Mike White behind Zach Wilson. Now, I don't know if you want to bring in like a former Super Bowl MVP, if that's like kind of threatening to Zach Wilson late in the process, or people might view that as like, oh, Zach Wilson must have not been good in training camp if they're bringing Nick Foles in. But like, I don't know. I just think there has to be or or another team stats, the Steelers. I, I said they should get Teddy Bridgewater earlier this year because they should have some kind of like pivot plan that isn't Mason Rudolph, which we all know isn't going to do anything or be effective. So like, why not maybe find a way to get Nick Foles. And then that way, if Big Ben literally can't throw anymore, at least you have Foles who can kind of maybe give you some baseline serviceable play while the defense kind of does. And Najee Harris does like the dirty work. So I think it's kind of interesting to see where he might end up because I don't think it's going to be on the Bears. 
I agree with your point about Foles and, and being a mentor, but you don't pay the sixth highest cap hit on the team for that for that mentorship. Like make him a coach and then you can mentor him full time and you don't have to pay him anything close to what he's getting as a player. Um I, I kind of agree with your Steelers point too. I think Pittsburgh needs a viable option there. Dwayne Haskins, I'm sorry, is not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. I guess there's landing spots for Foles around the league. I just if anything, to me, you made the argument, why the heck is Andy Dalton on the Bears roster? Like, clearly Justin Fields is your future. If you want a guy that's going to be able to mentor him, Foles is definitely that guy over Andy Dalton, like you said, because Andy kind of still pictures himself as a starter. And I don't think Foles, Foles to me, doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Like, he understands his role, and he'll try yeah. to do the best at whatever his role is. So, like, why is Andy Dalton there? That's the confusing thing to me. Well, I mean, that's kind of a lost cause at this point, right? Though, because they gave him all the guaranteed money, they're kind of they're kind of just stuck with him. And I mean, I don't know. It seems like they they might actually just start him week one. We'll see how long that lasts before everyone at Soldier Field is just like booing and calling for and just chanting like Justin Fields or whatever they're going to say. Um, so it's kind of interesting there. Uh, Andy Dalton, looking at his contract, he actually got how much guaranteed? Too much. Too much. $7 million fully guaranteed. <laughs> so that's great. A $10 million contract. So they're, yeah, definitely not moving on from him. But like Stats, Foles' contract isn't simple either. Because if the yeah. Bears actually cut him, and this is post-June 1, by the way, um, they would still lose $5 million in cap space. And they only have about, yeah, like $6 million right now. So not great. Um, I don't know what their status is with all their draft picks. I have to double-check that. But so and they would actually have eleven point seven million in dead money now. That's cutting him post June one. If they trade him post June one, they would be able to clear four million dollars in cap space with only two point six or two point seven really in dead money this year. Now, obviously, that would be some of that would go into twenty twenty two at this point too, since we are after uh, June first. But yeah, I, so I almost think stats like the Bears might need to like give up a draft pick as opposed to like getting something for him. They might need to like. Like give like foals and a six or foals and a seventh to like unload that cap hit, which would be kind of funny, but uh, it might be worth it to them at this point. I don't know. Maybe they get like a swap pick back something. I I don't know. I just I don't know how you cut them at this point with the salary implications, but it just doesn't make sense that foals uh, will be in the roster. Hey, maybe the Packers uh, need to pivot <laughs> to a new quarterback stats. And there you go. Hey, that's bringing it full circle. It is what a hideous job of managing the most important position on the team that the bears have done i mean you can't screw it up any worse and yet because justin fields fell in the draft that might not matter at all because if he plays and he balls out then they'll be good and they'll deal with all this the cap issues with dalton and Foles. so even when you could mismanage the situation horribly because of the rookie wage scale and and because fields fell in the draft they still may come out of this thing okay uh, if you're a Bears fan, I guess that's what you're clinging to for hope. Well, that's always a good position to be in. Basically, like where your team just like makes dumb decisions, but like they make maybe one that is like uncharacteristically smart and you're just hoping that one will pay off. Like not the best position to be in where you're just like, I'm hoping this one good decision they did make will kind of override all the dumb things they've done. But but it might work out that way. Sometimes that's how teams have success. Hey, Mike McCarthy's made a career out of it, so it, it can work <laughs> for some people. Uh, before we go, we did talk last week about mm -hmm. the most uh, overrated players in the NFL. I know you had a couple more overrated things on your list that you wanted to mention. Yes, that's I had some, you know, some off topic things. We like to, you know, mix it up here on the oddcast, get a little weird, of course. Well, the first one is actually NFL related. The most overrated head coach in the NFL stats. I feel like we're going to have the same answer on this one. And it is Sue. Mike McCarthy. Well, that's actually I did I wasn't even gonna say him because I feel like to me he's properly rated as bad, but I guess maybe okay. that's just that's my mind. It's Sean McVay. Just because Whoa How is it how is that a shock to you? Don't how do you not agree with that? I know that he's in my division, but Sean McVay's won, you know, nine or ten games every year of his career and gone to a Super Bowl with, with mm. garbage at quarterback. Like I, I don't see him as overrated at all. I wanna hear this. Who is responsible for the lowest uh, scoring Super Bowl performance in history? Bill Belichick. Well, wouldn't it? Isn't it uh, <laughs> John McVay with three points in the well, Super I Bowl? Belichick shut him down. Well, okay, but like, guess what Doug Peterson did to Bill Belichick the year before that? Yeah, 
hung 41 on him. So, uh, Sean McVay overrated, not a bad coach. Again, overrated does not mean bad, but like, I just feel like everyone is assuming basically the Rams are just like going to win the Super Bowl this year or like in the very near future, or that like Jared Goff was the only problem with the Rams, which I think he was a big problem and a bigger problem than Sean McVay, but not literally the only problem. Uh, so Sean McVay for me, who's your most over your, your most over you're sticking with Mike McCarthy. I got to go with Mike McCarthy. The guy had a chance to draft Aaron Rodgers in 2005 when he was the offensive coordinator of the 49ers. He said, no, thanks. I would rather have Alex Smith. Then he gets out of San Francisco, goes to green Bay. And who's his quarterback, Aaron freaking Rodgers, who then carries him to multiple 10 win seasons, has all the success, wins a Super Bowl title. Then it comes out that he gets he got fired. It comes out that he's been getting massages instead of working on the game plan. He takes the year off. Then he becomes coach of the Cowboys because he had some binders in the background of some media interviews he did, and he claimed he learned analytics, and now he's got one of the best head coaching jobs in the NFL. I can't wait for Mike McCarthy to like have some very embarrassing moments on Hard Knocks. Like I was excited when the Cowboys <laughs> were announced as the Hard Knocks team because I like I just know like there's going to be some like really like bumbling goofy moments from him where it's like, oh man, this is our head coach. So looking forward to that. RJ does overrate him because he thinks he's the best head coach in the NFC East, and he is not. He's he- not. No, not even close. Ron Rivera is no. a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. And there was actually a poll about that on Vlogging the Boys that RJ put up. And I think, I forget the split. I think McCarthy eventually won out, but it was close. Like, Rivera was close. And I think that's pretty telling for even Cowboys fans to be like, yeah, this no, our coach is not that good. He's not even the best in the division. So, love to see that. Um, next one I have for you, Stats. What is the most, what is your most overrated food? My most overrated food is salted caramel. Mm. Like, I don't get it at all. Like it's it's everywhere. It is everywhere. You can get a salted caramel flavored urinal cake if you want it. It is ridiculous. <laughs> like I don't get. I get it. it's like oh it's salty and it's sweet, but like that's not a new flavor combination. It's not some like incredible combination. There are plenty of better salty and sweet combinations out there. I put forward McDonald's French fries and a chocolate milkshake would be my ultimate salty sweet combination. But there's just too much salted caramel out there. You, no one wants caramel. It's the thing you have mm. when there's no more chocolate sauce. So hard pass on that. I kind of see where you're coming from with this one, but I disagree and you're wrong and I hate you. And uh, <laughs> salted caramel, I'm fine with it. Uh, I'm not going to like defend it to the death because I don't feel that strongly about it, but I do like it more than I dislike it. But for me, stats, it's a lobster. Lobster is not that good. As stats makes like a shocked face as he takes a bite of his breakfast sandwich here. Um, I just like honestly and look I'm just gonna admit it I'm basic I'd rather have a hamburger and pizza than like steak and lobster like I don't want these like these these fancy things you're paying a ton of money for them and they're not even that great maybe I haven't been to the right place I've had lobster at several different places and but every time it's just like fine I don't know I'm not like loving this and a big reason to me why it's overrated is because everyone's like oh you got to dip it in butter you can dip literally anything in butter and it like <laughs> makes it better that's not that's not lobster being good that's butter being good i can dip like a bunch of things in butter to make it better that doesn't mean like it's good so lobster to me most overrated i don't say this often but you may have just convinced me because when you first said it you're right i made a face i couldn't believe it the other thing too about lobster is a lot of work Right. You you don't just eat it. You got to crack the claw. You got to pull it out. If it breaks then you got to go in with that little fork thing, you need an extra utensil just to eat it. And if if it's not good, like if you don't do it perfectly, it stinks. It's fishy. It's rubbery. It's chewy. I I, you know what? You brought me on board. You are right. right. It is lobster is the most overrated food. That is a great point by you on the the preparation thing. Like, I don't want to do more work when I sit down to eat. Like, I want to eat when I'm hungry. I want to just like start <laughs> putting food in my mouth. I don't want to do extra work to get the food. Like, what is that? So, lobster overrated. Um, let's go to band here. Stats who or like or musical artist if it's a solo person, whatever. I I wrote band. Who do you have for that? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay, I'll give you some time to think. Um, I put Bruce Springsteen down here. Yes. Because- <laughs> Yes, that's who I had last night when I wrote it down. Thank you. Very nice. Uh, I feel like it's like this trope that like sports writers love Bruce Springsteen. And I guess that's kind of true because I see that sometimes. But like I don't and I don't get it. (laughs) And 
I grew up in New Jersey a little bit stats. Um, so like maybe it's sacrilegious for me to say against the boss. Um, and I do love like his best song to me is Santa Claus is coming to town. I love that every year hearing that on the radio. And it's always like the live version yep. and, uh, and Clarence is on there and that's fun. That's a fun song. But like, if your best song to me is like a Christmas song, then you're probably not that good. Um, I don't even know Bruce Springsteen like well enough to like totally tear him down. I, from what I understand, like he has like way too many songs. He plays like these really extremely long set lists that aren't like an hour or so. Like most bands are like three hours. It's like too much. It's just, it's too much. I don't get the appeal. I, I just don't get Bruce Springsteen. I have never understood Bruce Springsteen. Like people are like, oh, he's so relatable. You know, he's singing about Route 28 or whatever it is in New Jersey. How can you be like Mr. Relatable, but then also be known as the boss? Like you can't have it both ways. That doesn't make any sense. And I didn't grow up in Jersey. So I'm sorry. I don't give a crap about half the stuff Bruce Springsteen is singing about. I've never understood it. Half the time you can't understand what the hell he's saying in the songs anyway. No, thank you, Bruce Springsteen. I had that written down. And you know what? I got a little scared because <laughs> he's, I mean, he's one of the best-selling musicians of all time. Sure. You know, he's incredible success. He's very successful. But to me, I don't get it. I, I had him at the top of the list. I'm so glad you. we are like in lockstep now. Very good. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't think he's bad. Like, I don't hear a song of his and like, oh, I need to turn this off instantly. I just don't care. Like, I just like, whatever. I don't really understand the fervor for Bruce Springsteen. I also wrote Nine Inch Nails down here as a side topic. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I haven't listened to them a ton, but like, I feel like they're a band I would like just because of genre and their logo and just like a lot of things about them from what I see. But then I listen to them and I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I just don't get this. So uh, I put them as a side one. Now, Two more here to go, stats, before we wrap up. Uh, movie, most overrated movie in your mind. First, I was going to say Avatar, but I've never seen Avatar. So I feel mm. like if I haven't seen it, I can't say it. Uh, give me a minute to think. What was yours? I put The Godfather down here, which it's too long. Uh, I watched this back when I, I was in high school. And I don't know if I'm like misremembering this or something, but it just like... It was too long. It was dark. I couldn't like hear what they were saying like a lot of the times without like adding the subtitles or whatever. Like it was just I didn't get it. Like it, it just seemed boring. Maybe I need to revisit it, but I don't know. I don't know if I even want to. It's just too long. Movies in general to me are too long. Stats. I don't want to watch a movie. It's too much time. It's too much of a time <laughs> commitment. It's I have a millennial brain over here. I want to watch TV shows that are you know like can, more consumable. Forty minutes. That's a good amount of time to watch something. A movie. Like, you're stuck in this thing for two hours. I mean, you could theoretically take a break, but, like, I don't know. That doesn't feel right to me. Like, a movie's not intended to take a break during – like, that's not how it, it works. So, movies in general to me are overrated because of the length and especially The Godfather because it's just way too long. The Godfather to me, too, especially if you watch it now, so much of it has become part of the culture that it, it's almost cliche when you watch it, even though that's the thing that started the cliche, if that makes sense. But you just can't help watching it from, you know, our perspective where we're sitting now. I didn't think it was very exciting. And it was just kind of like kind of boring. Just a lot of guys sitting around in dark rooms talking very yep. softly. <laughs> That's no good. Uh, so what's yours? Or do you not? Is that are you, are you going with The Godfather, too? Um, I will also, stick. Not I will stick with The Godfather. I didn't have one off the top of my head. Fair. So Godfather is a good one. Last one that we'll leave us off with, if people are still listening, the show stats for me, the most overrated show is The Walking Dead. I used to watch The Walking Dead, and I used to like it, but then it just kept dragging on and dragging on. The show itself became a zombie, which it's a show about <laughs> zombies, and it, there was just like no end. Like I, I was looking forward there, to there being some kind of resolution. I'm like, okay, they're going to get to some place that maybe is like normal, or they're going to get to like this different you know area. And it's going to be like a different element or something or like some kind of resolution. And then I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't watched, but it's kind of an older show. So I'm not going to say any specifics, but like from I stopped watching at one point and I don't do that with TV show stats. I'm very yep. much a completionist with everything in life. I'm a psycho who like when I listen to music, I can never listen to it on shuffle. I have to listen to oftentimes like the entire album. I mean, maybe sometimes there's a song that I want to listen to and I'll listen to one song like here and there. But in general, I want to listen to an entire album all the way through in order. I like the sequence. Wow. I need to do it. I need my sequence. I need to, to complete things. I'm a completionist. When it came to The Walking Dead, though, 
it was that frustrating to me. I had to give it up. I'm like, this is going nowhere. There's too much zombie stuff in my life now. Like Fear the Walking <laughs> Dead became a show. Like, I'm like, what am I supposed to watch that now? Like, what is going on? Like, like you made another show? Like what like what is happening? Um, so too much zombie stuff. It's played out. The show is still is still going on, or it was for a while. I think it might have ended by now. I know. I but, think it's still on. I don't know. Who knows? At, who cares? It's overrated. It, it's too much. Too much. It was a good show at one point, but then it just dragged on for way too long. I was going to say Lost is my choice, oh. but it's for a lot of the same reasons as no. The <laughs> there are entire episodes of that show where literally nothing happens. No. Nobody goes anywhere. Nobody no. finds anything. Nobody encounters a problem. It's just people sitting around no. talking. Nothing happens. And that's so my, wrong. That's my problem with that kind of a genre, like the post-apocalyptic sort of show, is that like sometimes it's just nothing happens and they stretch stuff out for way too long. Lost has become underrated stats because everyone's like, oh, the ending was stupid, blah, blah. It's not just about ending. Look, guess what? Every TV show you like probably had a bad ending or not a great ending. Like every think about every TV, almost every, there might be like a few exceptions. More often than not, I will say every show ends in a way that does not satisfy most people. Like most, I think most of the audience more often than not is like disappointed at best. They might be kind of just like lukewarm on it. I don't yep. think people are ever like, oh, that was an awesome ending. Like that was great. I loved it. Like they're always going to be bad endings. I feel like in part because people don't want the show to end in a lot of cases. So, um, so I can't hold that against Lost. And I think to to like boil that show down to the ending just isn't fair. Like that's not what the show was only about. Like it was a great journey along the way. It was really awesome. I love it. I'm doing a uh, I'm working through a watch or sorry, a watch, a Lost rewatch podcast uh, stats. Shout out to Josh Wiggler and Mike Bloom, different podcasts on post show recaps. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it. So uh, I'm having fun reliving Lost. And how dare you name it as the most overrated show? When you're a show like that that brings up all these crazy questions, when you don't answer the questions, I have a big problem with that. Because it's easy to bring random stuff up. Anybody can do that. It's how you answer it that matters. That stuff is hard to do. So if you're going to bring up those questions, you owe the audience the answers. And then last one, most overrated co-host on the SB Nation NFL show, (laughs) RJ Ochoa. Yes. (laughs) Well done, Uh. sir. I totally agree. Just joking. Um, maybe. Um, that's <laughs> any final thoughts here as we wrap up the podcast. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, most overrated offseason storyline, because at this point, I'm finding it hard to care. But uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. If you have an overrated, underrated thing you want to chime in with, please hit us up. I'm on Twitter at uh, Stats on Fire. BOG is <laughs> on Twitter at Brandon Gouten. Hit them up, hit us up, or leave it in your review. We would love that also. If you don't already do it, follow the SB Nation NFL show. Enjoy your week, BLG. Enjoy your week. I will talk to you in seven days.